Thanks for tuning into this Groundswell Startups podcast. Today, social good enterprises that benefit the public and the planet are, well, a good thing. But what may be surprising is that social good enterprises that pay it forward beyond Tom's shoes or Warby Parker glasses can be good and profitable. Louise Petamonte works in the private sector as a managing partner of EMA Partners Miami's office, and he's vice chair of the MIT Enterprise Forum South Florida. Monica O'Cheney engages both the public and private sector as principal of 3SE. Her strategic partnerships mutually benefit energy-focused startups, industry leaders, and our communities. So Luis, Monica, when it comes to social enterprises, where does Florida stand on a national scale in terms of entrepreneurial activity? Yeah, thanks again for having us on. And and absolutely, you know, a major reason why I wanted to join the podcast today is to work closer with the Space Coast and other regions in Florida to lead the way for clean tech and green energy innovation and development. Yes, thank you so much, Jenna. It really is great for us to join you and to connect our efforts in South Florida with all that's going on in the Space Coast. And to get back to your question regarding entrepreneurial activity, actually, Florida is the nation's leader when it comes to total entrepreneurial activity. And that's according to the 2015 U.S. Global Entrepreneurship Monitor Report that was put up by Babson College and London Business School. And as an example, in addition to other verticals, then, we see the clean tech space having the opportunity to really expand when this activity is dense. We also, though, need to remember that energy in Florida is framed by monopolies, and the role they have can be changed in a major way following this November's election. So getting back to clusters of concentrated startup activity and support that we're experiencing throughout the state, some examples are, as we mentioned earlier, South Florida, that's the Miami, Fort Lauderdale, Boca, West Palm Beach area, right here in the Space Coast, Melbourne, and others. Also, not to forget Orlando, Jacksonville, and Tampa. So given this surge in startup activity, we will likely see this trend with even more and more socially responsible businesses as well. And then where there's startup activity and new businesses bringing impending disruption then, well, the public and private sectors are really pushed to deal with it, which is what we're seeing this election year, for example. So take a look at the past August ballot, an Amendment 4 that just passed and the upcoming November's Amendment 1. So comparing Florida to other states in terms of clean tech, now if we move from startup activity and entrepreneurial activity and now into a specific vertical like clean tech, we are right in the middle, meaning we have limited clean tech and alternative energy options to even seek ourselves. Yet our energy prices set by the monopolies in the state are around the national average and are competitive which means there's work to be done if we still have limited options available to us. So what this means is founders, innovators, and those that really care about our energy landscape need to be aware of the issues and participate in the discussion. So the question is, as Floridians, do we even care about having clean tech options to choose from for ourselves if the price of electricity is comfortable and average? So to find solutions to this, then, we need to be engaged in the process while energy options are laid out so we can decide collectively what's in our best interest, right? That's why we had Amendment 4 in the August ballot, and really, that was a win. That allowed property owners uh, to have tax breaks, to install solar panels, and even to the companies that lease them. So again, that's a plus for clean tech businesses, in part. However, we still have Amendment 1 coming up on the November ballot to consider, and that really aims to elevate the government's right now to regulate what's already approved solar energy use, and that regulatory right actually would become a constitutional right. So this is so important 
looking at this government regulation push that Floridians should be aware of and think of what that means for our clean tech businesses and ourselves. So all in all, Florida has a ways to go. There's a lot of work to do in our state. Florida is ripe for expansion with its geographic location, natural resources, lots of business-friendly tax incentives, not to mention strong workforce training, infrastructure, and special opportunity incentives that a lot of states don't have. As Floridians, you know, we enjoy, I think, a lot of things, and a lot of quality of life, plenty of sunshine. We have the most, third most solar output and uh, are the third highest state in terms of tax advantages, having no state income tax and several long-term incentives. For instance, a decade ago, we didn't have the clean energy economy that today employs over 130,000 people and 14,000 high-paying jobs in the sector. We're also seeing better state funding and retention tactics that are attracting businesses from all over the world to open up a new headquarters or move their entire business to our state, which is a really good start. Despite these advancements, though, something is still missing. We are not living up to our full potential as we see startup support from accelerators, incubators, venture capital, and existing businesses function in silos. There's a, a lack of cohesive support network throughout the state to foster high-performing businesses and attracting and retaining talent for those businesses. Candidly, I see that as one of our major areas of improvement for our state. Right. Absolutely, Luis. You know, we see about 1% of the national venture capital go to this state in general. So it's no question that that would affect the world of social enterprise as well and clean tech. Um, Monica and Luis, what are the top priorities in this sector? In your opinion, how does Florida measure up compared to other states in terms of startup support across verticals of clean tech investment and attracting a talent overall? What should we be striving for? I would say that fostering connectivity throughout the state should remain a priority to propel us further into entrepreneurship and even generate more businesses that are looking specifically at innovation. And this will focus to help to attract and retain talent, in part. The major issue here is access, access to funding and networks of information, and that really can help equip and then empower innovators. So access happens when there's a reliable interaction between the public and private sector, and when there's really trust to improve upon what already exists between those sectors. Continuing Luis's thought here, though, the issue I continue to see come up nationally and here in Florida is how to keep that connectivity among the multifaceted efforts happening in the public and private sector. For instance, one accelerator or even a co-working space may not be communicating with a neighboring one to really understand one another's model and effectively create distinct services that can then ultimately best benefit the entrepreneurs in that area or in the state for that matter. So usually when I see these services communicate and form a reliable network as a support system, the incubators, accelerators, investors, and the entrepreneurs themselves greatly benefit. And I hope to see that for Florida as we continue to develop this activity throughout our state. Having lived in Florida for close to 12 years and on this note of talent and business attraction, I, I've seen the unfortunate trend of our cost of living increase while the salaries and compensation packages have remained stagnant throughout the state. Now, we are easily well below the national average in wages and in some parts of the state, like South Florida, uh, has one of the highest rent and housing costs in the nation. You know, Florida is behind other states like Illinois, Massachusetts, North Carolina that are growing their clean energy industry by, by much faster rates with uh, much less solar and wind resources to leverage in Florida, interestingly enough. I wholeheartedly believe that, that Florida can do, can do much better, and we're working on it. 
considering we have enough solar resources to meet all of our electricity needs, uh, according to the National Renewable Energy Laboratory. That means more jobs, considering that the U.S. is leading the way in creating a sustainable and green energy future, doubling our investment in clean energy R&D over the next five years from, from roughly $6 billion uh, this year to $13 billion in 2021, which is huge. Uh, another thing we need to really take a hard look at is the anticipated job growth as solar energy firms estimate a 15% job growth over the next year. So going back to your question on what we can aim for, um, you know, we really need to focus on how to create a cohesive network to promote growth. Being part of the MIT Enterprise Forum of South Florida, our mission is to, to promote and strengthen innovation. An outcome of this effort has been to make our region a technology hub for the Americas over the past three or four years throughout the creation of incubators and accelerators that need support to grow. I know we can create this for, for clean tech as well in our state. Uh, however, kind of getting back to this idea of, of the need of a cohesive network, one of our main pain points is we experience little connectivity to the rest of the state. What this looks like to me is, is the need for a strong, innova innovative ecosystems, which are a critical part to the future of our clean energy economy here. I would like to see more interconnectivity between strong research centers like FIT, Central Florida, and FIU. You know, there, there needs to be new models of collaboration and financial, technical, and infrastructure support to launch these new businesses. When it comes to building that cohesive network that you're talking about, Luis, I can't describe how excited I am to have both you and Monica at the Social Good Summit this October 5th. We're going to be at the Lagoon House right there on the Lagoon, 156 miles of beautiful biodiverse waters. Um, as part of this event, Lewis, you're inviting everyone to participate in what's been described as a green movement. Um, what kind of call to action can we expect and how can listeners get involved if they can't attend this event? Yeah, indeed, Jenna. I know we are we're starting with, uh, with an event that's also not a silver bullet, but it's a great start. You know, focus on a robust conversation during Global Entrepreneurship Week in mid-November in Miami on how renewables are creating a powerful opportunities in Florida. Uh, listeners uh, now can register to our Save the Date on our homepage at www.mitforumfl.org. Much like Amendment 4's passing was a grassroots movement that has literally en enrolled close to 2 million Floridians into a pro-solar state, we want to create an ecosystem ripe for growth, which I believe this, this will help. We want people to know that you know, what's going on in our state, to educate them on what Amendment 1 will do for the economy if it passes in November, and what our startup community in the clean energy sector can do if they're forced to partner with utility firms in the short term versus you know, free market society where they can sell their excess energy. So, you know, to summarize, our goal is to foster a competitive market and not hinder growth. We feel this is a critical conversation to be had now. Luis, Monica, we look forward to seeing you both at Groundswell Social Goods Summit at the Lagoon House October 5th. For more information on the summit, visit swellstartups.com. Thanks both for joining us today. This Groundswell Startups podcast is brought to you by Novel Engineering.